All right, let's dig right in. Go to Revelation chapter 1. And I want to read to you the first couple of verses from this passage, and then we're going to flip over to Revelation chapter 22. It says in Revelation chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave to him, that is that God gave to Jesus to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, that's the writer of this book, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, whatever he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep what is written in it, because the time is near. In your Bibles, you ought to underline that phrase, because the time is near. Why is that? Because we know that time is short. We know that we are coming towards the end of days. The Bible says that with God, with Christ, that that, that a day is of a thousand years and a thousand years is of a day. Now, here's what you need to know. Everything that we read in Scripture was written 2,000 years ago or older. And what that tells us is that what was written in this book, what we study each and every week, what we read prayerfully and hopefully every single day, is something that was written thousands of years ago, but according to God's Word, was written two days ago. Two days ago was Christmas Eve, a day that we gathered together, thousands of us in this room, and we had a wonderful time of worship, and the writing of God's Word in in similar fashion according to what God's Word says, it's as if this book was written on Christmas Eve two days ago. It's as if literally while we were gathered here, there were some writers sitting down and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit wrote what today we spend some time walking through. Now, that's an important distinction. It's important because when we understand the context of God's Word and we see a phrase like that I just read a moment ago, because the time is near, that sometimes we could say, wait a minute, it's been thousands of years. Why do you think it's near? What do you mean it's near? Is it near like today or is it near like uh, next year? Is it near like five years from now or 10 years from now or 20 years from now that Christ is going to return? Here's what you need to know. I don't know. And it doesn't matter. Because it could happen today, or it could happen tomorrow, it could happen before we get to New Year's Eve this week, it could happen 10 years from now, 20 years from now, it could happen hundreds of years from now when no one in this room is even still alive. And it does not matter, it does not change how it is that we are to live. Blessed are those who hear the words of the prophecy found within this book and keep what is written because time is near. Now, let's flip over to Revelation chapter 22, which in case you're wondering like where that is in your Bible, here's where it is in your Bible. It is the last pages of the Scripture within your Bible. Now, if your Bible's like mine, you could go past that and you could find some maps and you could find some, you know, explanations of what this means and what that means. That's not what I'm talking about. It's the last part of this book that we hold in our hands that actually is the Word of God, the last chapter. And today we're going to spend some time in the last verses. And I find it interesting, and you know, it's kind of just, it's what God would do, that He takes the last words of His Word and what He gave to us in the last words of His Word is the entire theme of every single book of the Bible. Of all 66 books, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, you can find the theme of the Bible itself within the last few verses of Revelation. And so today, that's what we're going to do. 
we're going to walk through and we're going to see what is this book all about? What is the theme? And what we find here is basically you can kind of come up with the theme of the Bible with four phrases. And I'm going to give you those four phrases today. Phrases today. I encourage you to write them down. If you've got the notes up in your app, they're already there for you. You can follow along. Uh, you can write them, you know, kind of like out in the margins of your Bible, if you wish, whatever it is. But four phrases that tell us what the theme of God's Word really is all about. And the first one that we find, the first phrase that, that kind of starts the theme of the Bible is this, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer is the first part of this phrase. Go to Revelation chapter 22. We're going to read in verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to attest these things to you for the churches. Now listen to this statement. I am the root and descendant of David, the bright morning star. Go back to that statement. I am the root and the descendant of David. That basically is a restatement of what you'll find back in verse 13, just a couple of verses before that in Revelation 22, where he says that I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. When he says I'm the root and the descendant of David, that's a really strange phrase because that's almost impossible. How is it that you can be what brought David to be, but also be what came from David? That's what he's saying. He's saying, I am the creator who created everything. I'm the one that David came from me, but I also came from David, which gives us the fulfillment of prophecy found back in, in, um, in Isaiah chapter 11 that talks about from the stem of or from the root of David comes the Messiah. And so Jesus said, I am the root, I am the descendant of David. But then he goes on to make this statement, and I'm the bright and morning star. The bright morning star. Now, that's an important distinction because that statement is something that kind of points us to look upwards, right? It talks about the idea that you ought to look up into the sky, the bright morning star. What does that mean? Well, in today's context, if you go and study any things of science, you'll find that the bright morning star is what they refer to as the planet Venus. Venus is the brightest morning planet, the brightest star that is found in the heavens. People look up and they see that either like right after sunset or they see it right before sunrise. And because of its location, its proximity to the sun, because it's a reflection of the sun, whether like stars, all stars kind of emanate their own light. But Venus, the planet, it actually illuminates from reflections from the sun itself. It is the brightest thing that you can see in the sky except for the sun. Now, when you think about that statement, the brightest thing that you can see in the morning, uh, the morning light, it brings about this idea that it's kind of a picture of or kind of an understanding of that you can only see it either right after the sun sets or right before the sun rises. It's a picture of the soon coming end of night. That very soon, because you can see this bright light in the sky, that pretty soon the sun is going to rise and all of a sudden night will have ended. Now you can see why Jesus uses this phrase to talk about Himself. First, He talks about Himself as the Creator. He is the root of David. He then talks about the fact that He is the fulfillment of prophecy, the Messiah, the descendant of David, going back to Old Testament prophecies of where the Messiah will come from. And then He talks about Himself as bringing the bright morning star, that one that signals the soon end of the night. What a powerful statement. 
What an amazing idea that comes from this one verse, verse 16 of Revelation chapter 22, that Jesus is the answer. So how is it that Jesus is the answer? Number one, He's creator. Number two, He's the source of everything. Number three, He's the fulfillment of Scripture, the fulfillment of prophecy of the only one that can bring salvation. He is the Messiah. And also, He is the fulfillment of the promise of God and the picture that when everything comes to an end, which by the way, everything will come to an end, that He is the one that will usher in the ending. And that's what the book of Revelation really is all about, talking about that endless hallelujahs that we will have the opportunity of experiencing when Jesus returns. And so, the first phrase of the theme of God's Word is just simply this, Jesus is the answer. The second phrase I want to give you today of the theme of God's Word. So the first one, Jesus is the answer. The second one is this, for the world today. That's a theme that's found within Revelation chapter 22 verse 17. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 17 starts by this. It says, both the Spirit and the bride say, come. Now what that tells us is that we have the invitation of Jesus. That because of what Jesus did on the cross, because He died and because He rose again, that an invitation was issued by Christ Himself when He fulfilled what God sent Him to do, to come and to be the propitiation, the the substitution for our sin, and to pay that price on the cross, that we have an invitation. And so it says here, both the Spirit and the bride say, come. Now who are the Spirit and the bride? The Spirit is the Holy Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict us of our sins and to point us to the promise and the hope of the gospel. But then it also says, both the bride and the the Spirit and the bride say, come, that bride is a picture of the church. And so while it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, it's the church's, the bride of Christ's job to tell people, to share that message of the gospel, and to simply say that one word, come. Not come to church, like coming to this building is not going to change your life. Coming to any other church in this community is not going to change your life. Like walking into brick and mortar is not going to change your life. What will change your life is when the bride of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, says, come to Jesus, to experience the gospel. That's the picture of what is given here. So Jesus is the answer. We see who He is. For the world today, it's the gospel. We have the invitation of Jesus. The second part of verse 17 says, let anyone who hears say come. Now what this is, is it tells us about the responsibility we have as followers of Jesus Christ to tell people about Christ. That we have a responsibility because we've heard the Word of God, because we believe that Jesus is God's Son. We do not have the luxury of letting someone else share the gospel. We don't get to leave it up to preachers. We don't get to leave it up to other people who are more gifted than we are, so to speak, in sharing the gospel. All of us have the responsibility to tell people that anyone who hears say, come. It is your job, it is my job to say to people in this world today, come to Jesus. Every single one of us has that responsibility. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are, it doesn't matter how smart you are, doesn't matter what your job is, you have the duty and the responsibility to say to others, come to Jesus. And so verse 17 goes on to say, after it says, both the Spirit and the bride say, come, let anyone who hears say, come. The third part of this verse says this, let the one who is thirsty come. 
Now, what this gives us is a picture that to the entire world that this message is an opportunity for everyone, that the message of the gospel is not something that is reserved for the lucky few. It's not reserved for those people who happen to be like lucky enough to be born into the right family or lucky enough to be born at the right time or lucky enough to be, you know, kind of in this special little group over here that we have the opportunity for the gospel. The gospel is available to all. And so when it says, let the thirsty, let the thirsty come and enter into him, let them, uh, let them come to him, the idea here, the picture is this, is that anyone who is desperately in need of the water of life, come on, come to Jesus, everybody, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you've done. This brings into picture the, the idea of why Jesus came. You go to 1 Peter, what does it say? It says that He is not willing that any should perish. Perish. You go over to chapter, uh, to Luke, and you find in that passage in chapter 19 that He came to seek and to save that which is lost. That's why He came. You go to John chapter 3, 16, for God so loved the what? The world. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter how bad you've been, God so loved the world that that invitation, let those who are thirsty come. Doesn't matter who you are, come on. Doesn't matter what you've done, come on. The gospel still works. Jesus is the answer for the world today. The last part of verse 17 says this. Let the one who desires take the water of life freely. Now, the book of Revelation talks about heaven. You can find in Revelation chapter 21, a place where there's no more sorrow and no more pain and no more tears and no more death. Sounds great, doesn't it? In the world in which we live, man, how awesome is that? And yet, you read here in chapter 22 where it says, let the one who desires take the water of life freely. While heaven is something we can look forward to, we can enjoy the joy of our salvation now. We can actually experience the benefits of following Christ right now, right here, which tells us this not only is the opportunity for everyone, it's an opportunity that we have to be enjoyed in the moment. And so here it is, second phrase. First phrase, Jesus is the answer. Second phrase, for the world today. The third answer, and the third phrase for the theme of God's Word is just this, above Him, there's no other. Look what it says in verse 18 and 19. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God will take away his share of the tree of life and the holy city which are written about in this book. In other words, the message is complete. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above Him there is no other. In Jesus we find everything that you could ever need. And don't you dare try to add anything to the gospel. Thank you for worshiping with us today here at Thomas Road. If you prayed to receive Christ, we would really like to hear from you. If you'd like to know more of what it means to be a Christ follower, then let us hear from you. There's no better time than right now during this Christmas season to receive God's gift to you, that is His Son, Jesus. Our mission here at Thomas Road is to develop Christ followers who love God and love people. If you would like to join us in fulfilling that mission by giving to our ministry, you can go to the link on your screen and make a contribution to our ministry. 
help us help others as we extend the truth of God's love in this life-changing message. God bless you and Merry Christmas.